0: Hello and welcome to the Fisher and Phillips Wage Hour Podcast. This is a podcast for employers who want to pay their employees properly. My name is Haygood Ty, and I am co-chair of the Fisher and Phillips Wage and Hour Practice Group. And today I'm joined by Patrick Dalen, who is a lawyer in our Philadelphia office. Patrick has a wealth of experience much of which comes from his service with the United States Department of Labor, where he learned a lot about government contracting, wage and hour laws, and other laws like Davis Bacon and the Service Contract Act. President Biden signed the bipartisan infrastructure law into place late last year, which as I understand it, is gonna provide hundreds of billions of dollars for contractors to perform certain types of work around the country, Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Tell us when we when you think about laws that may apply here. I think about the Davis Bacon Act and the Service Contract Act. Can you give us sort of a quick insight into what those laws mean? Yes, uh,
1: thank you. Hey, good. Uh, so the Davis Bacon Act and there's are several related acts apply to contracts from the federal government for construction, alteration, or repair on public works. Um, So the main requirements of the act are, if you have uh, laborers or mechanics working on such a contract, you have to pay them a stated hourly rate, as well as a stated hourly fringe benefit rate, uh, which you get in a wage determination under your contract. Those rates oftentimes will be more than what you may be paying in your Private industry projects. Um, in addition, you know, you mentioned the Service Contract Act. It's a, it's a very similar act, but it applies to contracts that provide services. Um, contracts with the federal federal government, that is, that provides services. So if you have the kind of classic examples are employees who perform, say, janitorial work in federal buildings or food service work in federal buildings. Uh, but it, it there's a whole host of service employees that could be covered under these contracts. And it's the same type of law, you know, you have a wage determination where you have to pay a stated hourly rate for your employee depending on the locality as well as the listed fringe benefit per hour.
0: So if we've got somebody listening who's thinking, well, I'm not sure whether I'm covered by any of these laws or not or or maybe somebody's listening who's thinking with $900 billion coming from the federal government, maybe I should bid on some of these projects. How will they know if they're required to pay fringe rates and benefits of the type you were just talking about? The main act in play for this
1: type of work under the infrastructure bill will be the Davis-Bacon Act since it's heavily construction oriented. Uh, First and foremost, if you're going to bid, it should be stated in the request for proposal that the contract will be covered. And that should also include the wage determination. Um, contracting officers do, however, make mistakes. It, it, it may not be included. There may be a mistake in interpretation. Um, so you wanna make an analysis of whether you're, the contract that you're bidding on, is it a contract for construction alteration or repair? And will there be Uh, laborers and mechanics working on that contract. There can be some exemptions as well, but you have to make an analysis. Does it look like this will be a Davis-Bacon contract? um, And take that into consideration and get some clarity on that if the particular clause isn't included in the proposal. Uh, I had mentioned there's also some Davis-Bacon related acts. So for instance, um, you can can have a contract that you get from your state or locality, not from the federal government. which is largely funded by state money or or local money. But if they get grant money or or funding from a particular federal program, which is called the Davis-Bacon Related Act. So for instance, one is the Safe Drinking Water Act, where if you're working on a project, building or rehabbing a water treatment facility, um, if they get a, a, a grant from the EPA on the Safe Drinking Water Act, that project is now likely covered by the Davis-Bacon requirements, even if most of the funding doesn't come from from the federal government. So you could be working on a project where that's not clear because it gets a little bit murkier. You're you're several steps down the road now at at, at a state level, Um, or it could be midstream and the project now gets funding from this infrastructure bill when previously it wasn't getting federal funding. Um, Again, whoever the contracting officer is in that case should put you on notice, but they, may make a mistake, you you should be uh, informing yourself and doing your own analysis to, to, to see whether the act applies. If the contracting officer makes a mistake, it doesn't include the wage determination. Uh, the government may come in later and say that you, you need to pay those wages retroactively back to the beginning of the project. So it, it, it could be a big mistake if, you, if you're not proactive and making sure yourself, whether you're covered
0: or not. So if you're a contractor and you're not accustomed to reading these, you know, I've looked at some of these government contracts. It's hard for me, even as a lawyer, to make a lot of sense out of them. Uh, you need to, if you're not experienced, you probably need to be talking to your government contractor lawyer who's experienced in these areas to advise, right? I mean, that's what they should do. That's correct. These contracts are huge. There's
1: many, many clauses attached. Um, they can be very difficult to read and interpret. And if
0: you have any questions, you should speak to someone who has experience in the area. And so when we talk about things like, I understand that you know, there might be high, higher hourly rates that have to be paid, I guess, depending on the job or the community. But when, when you start talking about what the fringe rates are, tell us what a fringe rate is. And I suspect there's some complicated issues related to that too.
1: So the fringe rate is intended. It'll be stated as an an hourly rate in dollars in the wage determination. And it's intended to ensure that workers on the project get paid the prevailing, not only the prevailing wage rate in the area, but what would be a sufficient amount of money to cover the prevailing uh, benefits in the area for that particular trade or job. So it'll be stated in, in dollars, and it's up to the contractor how they want to pay it. Um, the contractor can just pay it out to the employee. So if your fringe rate is $4 an hour, you can just pay that $4 out to the employee. Um, You can also purchase benefits for your employees with that $4 an hour. So it has to be a, a bona fide benefit, which means you have to turn the money over to a third party, either a trustee or an insurance company. And it has to be irrevocable. You turn that over and it, you can provide health benefits, retirement benefits. You, there's a host of things you can, you can provide. You have to make sure that you spend the full fringe on the benefits. So if your fringe rate is $4 an hour and you purchase $3 per hour worth of benefits, you are gonna have to pay that other dollar out to your employees or go purchase more, more benefits to, to spend that other dollar.
0: So Patrick, I think you've explained to me before that these fringe benefits are paid on regular hours worked, but what about overtime hours that are worked? So one key difference uh, between the Davis-Bacon Act and
1: the Service Contract Act is typically under the Service Contract Act, you pay the fringe hourly rate up to 40 hours. Uh, But for Davis-Bacon purposes, even if the worker works over 40 hours in a week, Um, you still have to pay that fringe hourly rate for those hours over 40.
0: Okay, great. All right, that makes sense. So um, now, are there any special record-keeping requirements contractors would need to be aware of?
1: So under the Davis-Bacon Act, a, a very big requirement is the contractors and the subcontractors have to prepare weekly certified payroll and submit that to the contracting agency in addition you have to maintain your wage hour records so hour your records of hours worked and and payroll you have to maintain for 3 years after the completion of the project
0: now when you were answering that question you mentioned subcontractors if some organization is a subcontractor do they have to concern themselves with these issues
1: subcontractors are also covered under the act so if you're a subcontractor on one of these contracts you have workers, laborers, and mechanics, performing construction alteration repair, you're covered by the act. Uh, Your prime contractor should be including in your contract the Davis-Bacon provisions and the wage determination. It's a common problem that that may not happen, but that doesn't let you off the hook. So you should keep yourself informed if if you're a subcontractor. Then on the flip side for the, you know, if you're a a contractor and you sub out some of your work, you're going to be jointly and severally liable if your subcontractors
0: violate the Davis Bacon Act. Well, speaking of liability, you know, these sound like pretty serious laws we need to comply with. What sort of penalties might contractors or subcontractors be dealing with if they find that they've made a mistake or if they just haven't been in compliance? They would be liable for back pay for both the
1: wage rate and or the fringe rate, depending on, on which ones they didn't pay sufficiently. Um, the contracting agency at the request of the Department of Labor can withhold money from their funds under the contract. So you could still be working on the contract and if the Department of Labor thinks you violated the act, they'll tell the contracting agency to withhold payment from you um, until, until this is resolved. So that's significantly different from a regular wage and hour case where you can fight it out for a while and you know, figure out what the right number is. Here, in the meantime, your money's going to going to be withheld, pursuant to the amount that the Department of Labor thinks is owed. Um, as we mentioned, if even if you didn't uh, make any mistakes, if if your subcontractors did, uh, you the, the Department of Labor will um, hold you jointly and severally liable for your for your subcontractors' violations. And then, you know, there there could be even steeper penalties um, if. If you're making deductions from your employees' pay, um, and the department thinks that, that those are kickbacks under the Copeland Anti-Kickback Act, that could be a crime. Um, if your certified payrolls, if there's inaccuracies in those, that you know potentially that could arise to an accusation of of, of a false statement. Um, and you know those are payrolls that you're turning over every week, and, and people are taking a look at. So. Um, you want to be careful
0: and make sure that those are accurate as well. Well, great. Well, well, you have given us a great overview of issues that contractors, subcontractors, and I guess those who are thinking about becoming contractors or subcontractors to the federal government should be thinking about, are there any closing thoughts you've got that we, we should share with our listeners? Yes. So there's,
1: You know, a lot of money coming out under this act, as we mentioned, is going to create a lot of opportunity um, under these federal contracts, but of course, when you take a federal contract, it gives rise to a number of compliance obligations that you don't encounter in private contracting. So the Davis-Bacon Act is one huge one. The Wage and Hour Division announced recently that they intend to hire 100 additional investigators, so they are certainly going to be out there taking a look at compliance uh, under this bill with, with this money. Um, in addition, as a federal contractor, there's a couple of other obligations you should be aware of. There is an executive order that requires you to provide paid sick leave to employees under uh, covered contracts. Uh, there was a recent executive order from President Biden regarding project labor agreements. So if you get a contract on a, on a project that is worth $35 million or more, you, there's a project labor agreement executive order that you need to comply with. And once you take a federal contract, um, in most cases, you're gonna have OFCCP obligations, meaning you may have affirmative action plan obligations, and you could also be audited by the Department of Labor. Uh, they'll take a look at your hiring practices and your payroll practices to see if you're discriminating on the basis of any protected class in your hiring under your, your pay. So that's something you need to keep in mind as well
0: when you're bidding for and, and taking these federal contracts. Patrick, all of this infrastructure money sounds like a great opportunity for companies uh, to expand and develop their business, but obviously they need to be careful and ensure they're doing it the right way and thinking these things through. So thank you very much for being here. As a reminder, Patrick is, Patrick Dalen is in our Philadelphia office, and he knows an enormous amount, as you can tell, about all of the Service Contract Act. Davis Bacon Act and related laws for government contractors. So, if you are contemplating or already involved in these, think about reaching out to him. I also want to remind you that on our Fisher and Phillips website, we have a lot of great and free resources available. Uh, on our wage and hour page, there you will see that we've got interactive maps that take you to wage and hour information on a state by state basis along with articles, other information, and links to other podcasts that we've done. We want to thank you and Patrick for being with us today, and we look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Stay well. This
1: podcast provides an overview of a specific developing situation. It is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal advice for any particular fact situation.